Hello and welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here today. We kick off the first show in February and we have a big show ahead. We have GameStop and all the Reddit stocks getting actually crushed today. Is it over? Maybe, maybe not. We're also gonna talk about four EV stocks based in China. It's electric vehicles. They're hot right now and they're only gonna get hotter. Then we're gonna take your questions. We're gonna talk about a lot of SPAC deals going on. All this and more coming up on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. All right, folks, once again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is February 2nd. It is a Tuesday, 2021. We have the markets up nicely with the S&P right now about 1.5%. And this is earlier in the day. It's about 1040 uh, East Coast time AM on Tuesday morning. So it's still early, but I wanted to get it done. Here's a lot of stuff going on, and I wanted to get this show it done and out to you. But we have a big show. I have my lineup right here. Uh, earnings are coming in, some big numbers after the bell. Uh, we have the Wall Street bets uh, and Reddit and those stocks just getting crushed today. Bunch of SPAC deals being announced. So I'll go through those. Uh, we're going to talk about four Chinese EV stocks as well as Tesla. Five stocks that you want to keep an eye on. We're going to have Matt to wrap up the show. But in the middle, I also have a deep dive into a pretty interesting area. I'm going to do the deep dive with you live on here. So... We got a lot to get into, let's jump right into it. As I mentioned, we have the S&P 500 right now up about 1.5%, just off an all-time closing high. You know, heading into this week, everybody was nervous. You know, we had a pullback. We were sitting three and a half crazy percent off an all-time high, and people were freaking out. And I get it, I've been there. Uh, you let your human emotions take over. But in reality, you know, those types of pullbacks are normal. You look, I'm looking at the chart right now of the S&P 500. That pullback um, was to price support just below the 50-day moving average. I mean, it, there's nothing, I, you, know, un, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, honestly. Looking at this chart, I can't think of anything other than the fact that we can't go straight up. And that's, that's what I talked about last week. So I don't want to dwell on that. But just, again, keep in mind, pullbacks like that are buying opportunities. Uh, I've been doing quite a bit of buying for some of our Penn Financial Group clients in the last week on this pullback, on this weakness. I think it's a great opportunity, personally. So um, that's where we stand with the markets. We have earnings coming out. We have after the bell today. By the time you're watching this, it may have already announced uh, Google, Amazon coming out. This is a huge week for earnings. So far, the numbers have been pretty decent, better than expectations. Uh, that's typically the norm, though, uh, but still down about 5% year over year. But you consider where we were last year, pre-pandemic, pre-coronavirus, pre-shutdowns, and only down 5% 12 months later, it's pretty damn good. So I, I'm impressed with what we're seeing so far. And that's why in 2021, I believe we'll have record corporate earnings. Uh, and that's going to be one of the catalysts to lead the market uh, much higher in the next couple of years. All right. So I don't want to dwell on this Wall Street bets thing either, but it's such a big story. I have to talk about it. You know, Wall Street bets, Reddit, uh, Robinhood, all this you know, stuff going on. It's been in the headlines of the national news, not just regular news. Well, as we know, um, GameStop you know, was kind of the, the, the real target that we've seen here. And last Friday, uh, GameStop was as high as, I think it's Friday, uh, sorry, last Thursday. If you take a look here, GameStop was as high as, my system is so slow, um, $483 a share. And, you know, I didn't play it. I didn't short it. I didn't buy puts. I didn't buy calls. I didn't go long. I didn't do anything. Uh, you know, 
if I had the chance to just do something very easily, shorting it at 450 could have been some of the easiest money you'll ever make because it just isn't worth $450. It just isn't. Um, since that time, it's down. It's down another 62% today. Stock's down $85. And I, th I think it's still going to fall another 50%, if not more, to where it should be valued. It's probably even less than that. And, and you know, I, I don't like to see stuff like this come down, but in the same situation, it, it's an efficient market. It will get back to the level it's supposed to be. Just like when stocks get crushed. Um, Penn Gaming is a great example. Fell down to $3 during March and then went rally back to over 200 because things are inefficient. It got hammered down and came back. This stock went up on craziness, but you know, there's more buyers than sellers. We, we had uh, short sellers covering, creating a buying frenzy and a short squeeze. And now it's pulling back. It's getting back to where it should be. Eventually, the stocks will trade where their fundamentals take them. It may take weeks, months. It could take years to get to where they're supposed to be. And that's why I'm a long-term investor in good companies because eventually, if I'm right and the companies reach the revenue and earnings potential I think they have, a lot of times, if it's based on a normal valuation, they're very undervalued right now. And for this, obviously, very overvalued for GameStop. But you're seeing it everywhere. GameStop, uh, AMC, the movie theater, uh, getting crushed today as well, down 50%. Was above 20 last week. Now it's at below 7. Uh, you know, I hate to see this because I just hate to see the individual investors at home who were trying to join this uh, revolt or whatever the hell you want to call it. Buying, you know, Express, for example, at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 bucks, and now it's at three. So I, I hope this doesn't take away a generation away from, from investing because what was going on last week, it was reality because it happened, but it wasn't how the markets normally work. So um, I, I hope none of you watching got caught up in that. And, and people kept asking me, what are you doing? Are you sure? Are you, are you playing this? No. And I told you last week and I said it on Twitter. I don't do anything in the stock market if I do not have an edge. There was no edge here. I said it last week. I don't know if GameStop goes to 500 or 5,000. I do think it's going to be back down in double digits, low double digits, maybe in single digits at some point in the next year. But I don't know where it goes first. I, I, mean, I can get a short and get squeezed out. It's just not my play. I have no edge at all. So please keep that in mind. So this, I have no ax to grind here. I, I have no position in any these stocks. I have nothing to do with it. Uh, I just want people to be careful when they're out there uh, and realize this is real money. Uh, so when you log into Robin or wherever you're at, if you're down 80%, you're down 80%. That's, that's money that you, that you lost. So please be careful. All right, let's get into SPACs. I know I didn't talk SPACs on Friday and, and people love them, but some people asked to not talk about them for one day. So I didn't talk about it on Friday. Since that time, we've had a lot of freaking deals. So I'll tell you that. So let's go through these pretty quick. Um, THCB, uh, I'm going to give you the symbols and then we can go from there. And hopefully you guys get to hear me a little better now that I'm inside the beautiful oceans out there. And I might be back in the studio in two weeks if they get me out of here ever. Uh, I can find a test to get back home. And so uh, the country lets me back in. So THCB, Tuscan Holdings, and uh, this company up huge yesterday on the news that they, uh, they did finalize a deal with a company by the name of MicroVast. Uh, it's a, a leading global provider of uh, next-gen uh, battery technology for commercial and specialty vehicles. So it's got an enterprise valuation about 2.4 billion. So with this run up, probably well above three at this point. According to the numbers, uh, it looks like the estimate for revenue for uh, la uh, last year, 2020, 
is about 101 million. And they go all that to 2027. It's very tough to look out seven years, but they have estimated about 3.8 billion. That's, that, that's impressive. And the other thing that's kind of nice about this, it actually has some revenue coming in already. So that, that's, that's one to keep an eye on. But again, it shot up to 25, down 14% to 21 today. I think it fills the gap. A lot of these pull back after the hype, um, down around $16, $17, and it fills back to 16. I, I'd give it a look right there. Another one I talked about last week, I believe, <clears throat> is uh, Wheels Up. And the symbol of the SPAC for this one is ASPL. And uh, it ran up on the news, but not overly. You know, it's up to 11.34 today, up about another 24 cents, but not too much above the $10 uh, price range. You know, it's a private aviation company. Um, you know, the members of Wheels Up, they book their private flights and stuff like that. They can do it just on using their app. Uh, it's definitely for the wealthy. Enterprise value uh, at 10 bucks, around 2.1 billion. So, you know, it's looking probably about 2.3 billion right now. And uh, their uh, revenue projections, uh, well, actually for 2019, they had 385 million. Uh, revenue projections, they go out to 2025, 2.1 billion. So again, not that over, overvalued right here. So it's one I keep an eye on. I just don't know where the travel industry goes, but I think if anything for private, uh, it seems like the rich get richer. This might be actually a nice play. People not wanting to be on planes with other people. So that's one you want to keep an eye on as well. Uh, the next one is symbol KSMT. Uh, this is Kismet Acquisition Corp. This ran up on a news, but it's at 1022. So it's actually just above that, that $10 price level. They are um, going to be uh, a definitive agreement to merge with a company called Nexters, N-E-X-T-E-R-X. Uh, they're, um, they're a top five independent game developer in Europe. They build mobile social games. They have a product called Hero Wars. It's a role-playing game, RPG. Uh, their headquarters is over in Cyprus. And uh, their enterprise value is around $2 billion right now. And um, they had $315 million in revenue uh, last year, 2022, looking to go up to about five sixty. So not, I mean, decent growth, but not huge. Um, around $2 billion. So I, I don't know. It's, I just don't like the reaction we're seeing on this one. So I'd probably stay away from this one. Uh, for Tita Entertainment, uh, this guy has been involved in a couple SPACs now. Um, Fast Acquisition is the name of the SPAC, FST. It's at 11.25 right now, up, up about 1.5%. Uh, they're the parent company, uh, they're merging with the parent company of uh, Golden Nugget and Landry's. Um, <clears throat> Landry's is the restaurant, as you know. And it's an entertainment company. And you know uh, GNOG was a SPAC. That's Golden Nugget, <clears throat> excuse me, online gaming. So that, that's the online version. This is more the brick and mortar. I like the online version much better. I'm not even a big fan of that one. Uh, so for Tita's going public via that, uh, obviously their revenues dropped from last year to the estimates, and they're not supposed to get back to where they were. Uh, around $3.4 billion uh, was what they did in 2019. They're supposed to get back around there by 2022 is the estimate. And the, uh, the enterprise value here is about... Seven and a half billion ish or so, about seven and a half billion. So, not not a huge fan. And then you're looking at, I don't want the brick and mortar stuff, so I'd stay away from that one. Uh, another one is SAII. This is Software Acquisition Group. This one is uh, at around eleven thirty-seven today, but the best level we've seen today. Uh, they're um, merging with a company called uh, Autonomo. O T O N O M O. Autonomo. Autonomo. 
they're based out of Israel. It's a leading platform and marketplace for vehicle data. So that's quite interesting. I'd like to look at that a little bit more because obviously with the future of autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles, uh, they really had no revenue last year uh, or this year, yeah, 2020. Uh, this year, looking for twenty for three million, but it's saying by I'm trying to look this so small. Twenty twenty five, three hundred seventy four million. Enterprise value right now is about one point three billion. A little over value, but if, it, if that's kind of a pretty cool deal what they're talking about. Another one is uh, AC AC Aries or ACs I should say ACs Acquisition Corp. Uh, they have a definitive agreement with Play Studios. It's a gambling theme game developer, which is backed by MGM. They're around eleven fifty five right now. Let's see, there's a couple of I'm going to go fast through these because these are a couple hours in the last couple of days, the last week, I should say. Um, LACQ, Leisure Acquisition Corp. Uh, this one skyrocketed. This went from $12 to $24 yesterday, back down to $18.73 today, down 22%. Uh, they're merging with Enscience Biosciences. Uh, I don't know much about this one. I'll have to look into a little more, but uh, I don't want to spend too much time on all these. But that's one uh, that's really moving. Uh, then there's ALUS. Uh, Alusa Energy Acquisition Corp. This one shot up from 10 to 13 yesterday, around 12 and a half now, uh, merging with a company by the name of Fryer, uh, F-R-E-Y-R. Uh, this is another one that is gonna be in the uh, battery space. So um, that's one you may wanna keep an eye on. So, uh, you know, the battery space obviously has done pretty well. But, uh, sorry, I'm just looking something up here for you. Yeah, so battery's done pretty well. We have Romeo out there. Uh, we have obviously QuantumScape. Uh, now we have Fryer. So it's one, again, to keep an eye on, but I need to do a little more deep dive to it. Faraday's another one. It's an electric car company. Got a lot of play recently. Uh, they have a definitive agreement now with PSAC. That shot up to 20 bucks. It's around 17.75 right now. Strive Foods, which is like healthy snacks. Uh, it looks like they're going to uh, definitive agreement with uh, SPAC ANDA. And uh, that stock shot up on it to around 13. It's now down about 11.5 on the news. And last but not least, today's big mover this morning, HOL. Uh, they announced that they have definitive agreement with Astra Rocket. Uh, Astra, it's a rocket maker. And this, kind of, this stock's up 46% right now to 15 bucks. What I want to show you here, though, is if you look at the charts of a lot of these, and I said this months ago, they rally big on the announcement of the definitive agreement. And a lot of times, and this is not all of them, but this is majority, they'll pull back as it kind of gets out of the news, similar to a, to a traditional IPO, pulls back. And then as it gets closer to uh, the um, merger going through, the name change, the symbol change. Again, you know, nothing changes with, with the value of your company as, as far as the stock's concerned. Use the same amount of shares. You'll just notice one day when you wake up after uh, a merger goes through, the name will change to the name of the company that it was merging with and it will change to a new symbol. And a lot of times you'll see stocks start moving a bit after that. So I, I never chase them on days like this when the announcement's first made. A lot of times I'll post on Twitter the announcement just so I want people to know the news and what's going on. And people always say, okay, I'm buying here. First of all, nothing I say here on Twitter or anywhere in a public forum like this is a buy-sell recommendation. It's not. I just don't know who you are to tell you to buy or sell. You have to do your own research. This is just research I'm sharing with you. So when you see it on Twitter, I'm not saying buy this. I'm sharing news. So don't run out and do that, please, and get mad at me if it goes down because I would have never played it like that. I'd look for pullbacks on all these before I'd even consider. I would never chase anything up, and that's just how I do it. It's how I do it for my clients at Penn Financial. It's how I'm gonna do it for uh, our subscribers when we launch the, uh, the SPAC portfolio in about a month or so. 
So that we're, we're, we're getting ready for it, but we have, to, uh, we have to take our time and do it right. All right, before I get to the four Chinese stocks, I want to talk about something I kind of came across, and I'm doing this live with you. There's a couple new companies out there um, that kind of caught my eye, and uh, they've been moving quite a bit, and they're all in the, in the same area, let's say. And one of them is, uh, is just debuted recently. Actually, let's do that one last. We're going to go backwards. Uh, we're going to start with APPH and uh, Novus Capital. But they've recently changed the name. It was Novus Capital. It was a SPAC. And back in September, they announced that they're going to be uh, definitive merger or different agreement with App Harvest. So the symbol is now APPH. This is a good example. Look at this chart. This is a great example, actually. After the definitive agreement was announced, the stock ran at 13 that day. It fell all the way back then at 10 and change, just above the $10 level before it took off again. Yesterday, uh, it was around 25, it was right, 25 today, but it got as high as 28 and change uh, about two weeks ago. But it's at 25. So you don't want to chase this. You want to look for these. These, these stocks don't go straight up, folks. They, they pull back. So APPH is a bit of an interesting company to me. Um, it's an ag tech company. And uh, they actually just had a, it's funny, I was reading about them this morning uh, on uh, uh, Business Insider, one of the premium services that, that we get here, and talking uh, about the CEO. But, you know, they just started this company not too long ago, uh, but they uh, build and operate some of the country's largest uh, high-tech indoor farms uh, to sustainably grow affordable, nutritious, chemical, pesticide-free, non-GMO fruits and vegetables at scale using 90% less water, than traditional open field agriculture and 100% recycled rainwater. So it's a big, what they call ESG play, environmental, social governance, and that's really a big investment theme uh, right now. It's only a bigger. So it's a pretty interesting company if you take a look at it. I don't know if I can get any big numbers for it. Again, I'm doing this right now uh, live with you because I didn't have a chance to do it before I jumped on. Um, and it's very difficult to even find any good numbers about it. but. I did see some numbers earlier today. I'll have to come back to it, as I, I can't seem to. You know, when they change over from these SPACs, uh, a lot of times you don't get the updated numbers right away. And of course, everybody, every day I try to do this, somebody on my team logs me out of my thing because I share my passwords with everybody and everybody logs me out uh, of my systems. So yeah, I don't, I don't have the, the, the numbers right now, but it's one to keep it on because it's just a big trend. And the reason why is I'm gonna mention another one real quick. Uh, HYFM, and this is a Hydrofarm Holdings. So let's take a look at this. So APPH we just looked at, uh, that's App Harvest, uh, and now let's take a look at HYFM, and this is Hydrofarm Holdings. This company went public back in December, so it's a new one as well. It's about a $2.95 billion company. But again, in a very similar space where, you know, we're looking at better ways of growing uh, veggies and fruit. Uh, they they uh, uh, manufacture and distribute controlled environment agricultural equipment and supplies. So it's the supplier from lighting equipment uh, to uh, grow light reflectors, uh, LED lighting, fluorescent lighting. Uh, they do hydro components, meters, pumps, irrigation systems, uh, atmosphere uh, control equipment because you have to control the atmosphere in, when these indoor things, um, CO2 equipment, I mean, you name it, to the clay pebbles. So this is something I like because 
it's more of a picks and shovels, if you will, approach to this trend versus the one that's actually growing there. Because the ones that actually grow it, it becomes a bit more of a commodity play to me. So it, it scares me a little bit. So again, this is one that, that I find quite a bit interesting. So if you take a look at its revenue for 2019, 235 million. By 2022, so uh, three years later, 442 million. Uh, we take a look at earnings, not making money right now, but uh, should be profitable next or this year, sorry. This year should be profitable about 41 cents a share, up to almost 70 cents next year. And that's not too bad. That's some nice growth, top line, bottom line. Uh, you're seeing a path to profitability. The stock is up 12% today. Again, it's HYFM. I look for a pullback. I would not chase it here, uh, but I'd look for a pullback. But this is one that's going on my watch list. And then, again, the last one, which is, which is a newer one, is AGFY, uh, Agrify Corp. And this just went public late last week. Uh, rallied up to 14 and a quarter on day one public. Closed around 1275 it came down to just about 10.60 on Monday, up big today, up 17% to 12.75. So it's it's all over the place right now. Uh, let's see how big Agrify is. Uh, Agrify is checking in. I got to double check these numbers because it's saying it's really small right here. Let me see what I can get. Of course, we got to check different systems. 156 million. Wow. Okay, I double checked it. Uh, it's a, it's a small one. It's a small company. Uh, but they, again, uh, hardware and software, growth solutions for indoor ag marketplace, uh, vertical farming units, which is, if you don't know that, you know, it's farming on top. It's a big thing right now. Uh, grow racks, LED lights, um, cleaning systems, very similar to uh, the last company I talked about. Um, founded in 2016, based in Burlington, Mass. So it's pretty, uh, pretty small company. Pretty interesting, actually. Uh, I don't have any numbers for it right now. It looks like... Revenue, very small revenue for the, for the year that ended uh, September last year of 2020, uh, about 9.4 million revenue. That being said, we gotta see what the, uh, the estimates do look like. I don't have them right now. But if the estimates look good, because you think to yourself, you know, it's not a big company. It's only $150 million company. And I gotta tell you, it's, people keep knocking me out of this and it drives me bananas. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I can't get estimates because it just came out. But I'll, I'll, get, I'll come back to these. But again, of the three, uh, I, I, on the top of the watch, this is Hydrofarm uh, Holdings, HYFM for me. I just want to mention those because all three are new stocks. All three are kind of moving right now. And man, oh man, I don't want you to miss anything. That's why I'm here. No buy-sell recommendations, but just letting you know what's out there. That's why we're here. And again, don't forget to, to like, subscribe, comment below. So let's get into the four Chinese stocks, uh, electric vehicle stocks. You know, they've been very hot lately. Uh, I have some exposure to some of them, but let's talk about them and go through them and, and just kind of see where we're at, where it's going. I will say this. Uh, I, I think the Chinese electric vehicle stocks, I, I think we're going to see it take off there. I think uh, autonomous vehicles, AVs, self-driving cars, whatever we're going to call them, will take off there first as well. So let's start with the biggest. Uh, we'll start with NIO, NIO. Uh, NIO is an $89 billion company. Uh, they're expected revenue to grow the next couple years annually, 34.5%. Earnings, 59.2% annually. Uh, in 2019, they did $1.13 billion in sales. Uh, last year, looking to more than double that to $2.45 billion. And by 2025, $18.6 billion. So you see that's where the big growth is coming from. 
uh, potentially profitable by 2023. And uh, by 2025, looking, uh, according to estimates, again, it's a long ways away, but uh, about 70 cents per share in 2025. So this meets the, the fact that it's in a great trend. It's a high growth stock, uh, top and bottom line growing uh, robustly. Uh, we have a path to profitability. So this is one, and it's got a forward price of sales, uh, and it means the price of sales based on the next 12 months earn, uh, uh, sales, 11.5. It is high, it's much higher than a market, but you look at some software companies out there, this is actually comparable to some of them. I'm not saying it's cheap by any means, but it's comparable to some of them, so keep that in mind. Uh, the other one is uh, XPeng, uh, symbol E-P, sorry, X-P-E-V, XPeng, and a $35 billion company. It's got a uh, revenue growth the next uh, couple of years annually, 41.9%, so a little more. Earnings 55.6, so a little less, so kind of mixed. They did revenue of 336 million in 2019, and by 2025, looking for 12 billion. So that's some really big growth there too. Profitable in 2023, very similar pattern to Neo, and up to about 40 cents a share in 2024. So if I look at the two, you know, Neo is more than twice the size of this, and uh, you look at where revenue is going. And it's got a little bit better revenue growth. It's got uh, price of sales a little more attractive looking out. So uh, one to keep an eye on. And I'll talk about performance recent, uh, recently in a minute, just kind of show you how they've all done after I give you a little lay to land of them. So uh, I'll just say, so you know, uh, Neo we do own for some clients at Penn Financial Group. No exposure to XPeng, no exposure to uh, Lee Auto, which I'm about to talk about right now. Lee Auto, symbol LI, it's about a $28 billion company. Uh, their revenue is expected to grow annually in the next couple of years, 72.3%. Earnings, 107.6%, so better than both. Their revenue in 2019 was around $41 million. Uh, looking to go uh, this year about $1.4 billion. So huge growth, <laughs> where are you getting those big numbers from? And by 2022, $5.2 billion. Uh, potentially profitable in 2022. So again, you're looking at one that's just, you're kind of almost getting a little bit better every time we go down to the smaller ones. I'm going to pivot a little bit here, and I'm going to go to, it's an electric vehicle, but it's more of a two-wheel vehicle. It's a company we have, we've had in our portfolio for a long time, an early stage investor. I've met the CEO about a year and a half ago over in Portugal at a big conference, and uh, this is NIU Technologies, symbol NIU. And this is about a $3.5 billion company. Revenue expected to grow about 23.6% annually. Earnings 71.2 percent annually, so very big bottom line growth. Revenue came in 2019 300 million, so you can see these big numbers already. By uh, 2022, 954 million, so that, that's a nice move. That's next year, so that, that's a pretty nice move in, in a short period of time. And in three years, over a billion. It's already profitable. That's that's really nice to know. And they expect uh, earnings per share of 2020 about 34 cents a share. By 2022, a buck 27. So yeah, I mean, this one is a stock that's done extremely well for us. It's had a huge run, but uh, it's a two-wheel bike. It's about urban mobility. And again, it's different than the other three, but it is electric, is based in China. So I want to throw it in there because it is an attractive looking company as well. And then of course, we have to talk about Tesla because obviously they sell Teslas there as well. Tesla's about an $800 billion company right now. Their revenue in the next couple of years, 22.9% top line. Earnings, 33.3%. So lower than the others, but as an $800 billion company, it's pretty damn impressive. $24.6 billion is what they did in sales in 2019. Um, $48 billion in 2020. And looking for $104 billion by 2025. 
uh, profitable, and by 2025, up to about $8.42 a share. But even at $8.42 a share, it's trading at over 100 times earnings now, based on 2025 <laughs> earnings. So it's not cheap. It's overvalued based on all um, traditional metrics. That being said, we have Tesla in a portfolio for investment opportunity subscribers. We, obviously, we got it below this price. I'm not sure I'd buy it right here. I still think by 2030, this could be a $4 trillion company, which means it's a 5X from here. And I, I stand by that. I, I, don't see, I don't see why it wouldn't be. It's all about energy storage, folks. It's not about selling vehicles. It's about batteries. It's about energy storage, about solar, everything else. And that's, that's where they really, they, they, they really pull ahead. So I went back to September 1st of last year because some of these um, uh, XPeng and Lee just became public companies last year. So I had to go back where they all were trading. So I went back to September 1st and looked at the, the returns. They've all done well, but it's, it's definitely a little different. Uh, and NIO, NIO uh, is up 186%. Then you have XPeng up 133. NIU, the two-wheel the two electric vehicle, up 122%. Tesla's up 78 and Lee Auto up 71 and a half. Again, going back to just the fundamentals right now, I, if I had to just choose, I mean, I own, as, as I said, Neo for uh, clients at Penn Financial Group, some clients. I love it. I think it's going to go much higher. But I got to tell you, if you're comparing them, Lee looks pretty damn good here too, in my opinion. And again, it's, even though it's up 71 and a half percent since September of last year, it is lagging. Uh, strangely enough, it's lagging its, its, its peers, and uh, it's down six, about 6.2% today. It, it's kind of rolling over a bit. I think it could pull back to around 25 bucks, and if it does, I gotta tell you, I think it's probably a screaming buy down there. Uh, it may not even pull down that far. It's around 30 bucks right now. So, But that's one to keep an eye on. I, I think that's uh, important, and I just wanted to put these out there and let you know how I feel about these, but I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I think all, all five of the stocks I mentioned are higher three to five years from now. And you know, to me, you have to have at least a three to five year time frame for these themes we're looking at. Uh, if not, you you're, probably should be doing something else. Okay, so let's go to Ask Matt before we wrap it up. A couple questions here. Um, one is on SRNE. This is Sorrento. SRNE, Sorrento Therapeutics. This has been all over the place. Uh, it's been, it was a kind of a one of those Wall Street Reddit ones, I guess, kind of squeezed it up and it ran from nine to 17 back down to 12, up yesterday, today it's at 13.36. It's had some good news, so it's not just uh, running on fumes from people trying to get out of it and squeeze shorts. It actually has had some good news. It's been, it's been in, the, in the markets here quite a bit, or been in the news quite a bit. And uh, uh, let me see here real quick, I'm gonna pull up the exact news we had uh, this week. Uh, they had some encouraging data from their uh, study for COVID-19 treatment candidate, uh, which is CVOI-MSC. It's a stem cell therapy uh, intended for patients with COVID-19 induced acute respiratory distress. They had some good, good studies from their phase 1B. Uh, again, phase 1B is very early, so that wouldn't be jumping around too much. I do like this stock. This stock was one of our power portfolio 2021s that Louis Navalier and I put out, and uh, I think we might even be up close to 100% on it already because it's had such a big move. I don't know if I chase it here, but uh, long-term I like it. So uh, it's one to keep an eye on, but it's definitely uh, a high-risk one there. Um, somebody asked about, I don't usually do ETS, but I wanted to talk about this, asked about TQQQ. And this is the ProShares Ultra Pro QQQ. 
So basically what it does, it returns the daily return, three times the daily return of the Qs, which is a NASDAQ 100. So if the NASDAQ 100 is up 1% today, uh, in theory, uh, this should be up 3%. If the NASDAQ 100 is down 2% today, in theory, this ETF should be down 6%. And somebody asked if they should be long this for the long term. And uh, the flat out answer is absolutely freaking not. Because, and it's tough to get into, it's very tough to explain, but when you're with these, these triple, double, whatever they might be, you, you don't buy it on day one and say the NASDAQ goes up 30% this year and you're in this. You're not gonna be up 90% because it resets every single day. It's not as if when you buy and you sell it, it's 3X whatever you're out of that. It resets every day. So it's gonna be very confusing, but in theory, you're short volatility. So the more volatile a stock is, or an index is that this is tracking, the more volatile, the worse this will do actually. And there's sometimes it can outperform, sometimes I've seen them greatly underperform. And I expect a pretty volatile year, so for me, I would stay far away from these. Uh, these are trading vehicles, uh, these are not long-term holds. Any type of thing that's leveraged is not a long-term hold. And anybody who tells you otherwise doesn't understand how they work. I remember when they were first launched, uh, I was at a uh, conference in Florida, an ETF conference, and I was one of the first guys to really get into ETFs back in the day and built ETF portfolios. Again, I don't use them anymore, really, but back in the day I did. And uh, I remember talking to people, the I remember giving a speech and people asking me questions. These were people who managed billions of dollars. Hey, Matt, you know, I, I own this triple leverage short ETF, and uh, I bought it, and um, the market is down 5%, so I should be down 15, or sorry, the market's down 5%, so I should be up 15, but I'm actually down 20. Uh, the ETF's broken, right? No, you don't understand how they work, yet you're putting your client's money into it. That's one of those days I realized that I should be managing more money because there's people out there that don't know what the hell they're doing. So please, be very careful. If you do not understand how these work and how you're ultimately short volatility, do not use them. They're trading vehicles. Day-to-day, -day, they're fine if you're a trader, but most of you should not be traders. Somebody asked about long-term targets, how to set them, and they threw a company out in particular. And this is one uh, that we did have in Power Portfolio last year, and then we, we got rid of it late last year, so I was able to buy it for clients because we don't ever mix and match stocks for clients and subscribers. So I bought this, uh, I think in late December, early to mid-December, I think, for, for clients. This is JD.com, symbol JD. Pulling back from an all-time high that it hit last week, uh, just above 100, and uh, that was the first time JD broke above 100. It's now at 95.21, having a hell of a day, up 4% today, over 4%. Question is, how do you set a long-term target? And this is a long-term hold for me. So let's kind of go through this, and, and, I'll, and I'll show you. So take a look at JD.com. I'll pull up their numbers here really quick for you. And uh, it's about a $137 billion company. This is a big company. Uh, so, oh, if you don't know, this is an e-commerce company uh, and a transportation slash logistics company, delivery company in China. Uh, it is up there with Alibaba, Tencent. It's a leader over there. So let's take a look here. So if you look at uh, earnings in uh, 2019, you can see, uh, I got them in yuan. Let me, let me take it over to US dollars here so I don't confuse everybody. And I got to tell you, my team is going to get reamed out because I just got kicked off again. Uh, and they know I do this, and they keep, keep kicking me off. All right. Um, so, JD, the estimates here for 2020, which obviously is last year, but they're coming out soon, of revenue of $113 billion. 
looking to go up next year, 139, then 168. Earnings per share, 161 last year to 220 to 310. Uh, so you're seeing really nice growth, top bottom line. It's got a forward price to sales ratio of 1.05. I mean, that's amazing. It has a, a PE ratio, a forward PE ratio of 30.8. Doesn't matter. I don't care about that. It's high, but it's actually really low for this because the peg ratio, price to earnings over growth, is point, uh, 0.8 or 0.6, sorry. So if I look at this, this company is uberly cheap. And if I look out and I think that's continued growing like this, and I look at 2025 for revenue to be about 225 billion, give or take, right around there. And it should be trading as that, that big. It could easily be trading at four times sales. So that's doing the math, 225, 450, it's 900 billion. And that's, I, I, this could be a trillion dollar company, I'm not even kidding. That's 900 billion. It's right now at 147, so let's call it 150. So that's about 6x from here. So you look at 6x, it's at 95. Again, let's call it 600, that's, or let's call it 100, 600 or so, take a little bit off. So we'll say about 575 would be my price target in the next five to six years for this. That's a really short way of how I come up with it, but we're looking at fundamentals, we're looking at future growth, and then comparing it to where stocks of that uh, magnitude, uh, that growth and valuation are, and then that's how you come up with it. So, yeah, one more question here um, for it's WWR. I know nothing about this company, but I will pull it up and I'll analyze it for you here real quick. WWR is Westwater Resources. It's got a real nice, uh, or actually a crazy looking chart, I should say. Uh, trades on the NASDAQ. The company is about 131 million. It's a diversified energy materials development company. Uh, explores for lithium, graphite, uranium, uh, vanadium. Uh, so all uh, stuff that's really used in batteries. So that's uh, probably why somebody's looking at this one. Uh, you know, this is stuff that, these are all um, materials we need for the future of batteries, uh, no matter which way we go. Uh, also uranium. They're formerly known as Uranium Resources. They changed the name to Westwater Resources in August 2017. They're founded way back in 1977 uh, in Centennial, Colorado. I know exactly where that is. Used to live out that way. And uh, let's take a look at some uh, numbers here. It's tough to find a lot on this company, but as I mentioned, it's got a hell of a crazy looking chart. Uh, you know, went from a buck and change to 14 in October, back down to four, back up to eight, now it's at 725. This is tough, you know, it's got a, I look at the, you know, it's got no revenue yet, so it's tough to see, it's got no estimates for revenue anytime soon, so it's a junior miner. You're betting on them uh, getting something on the ground and making revenue. Uh, too risky for me. I'm not saying the stock's bad, it's just too risky for me. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up here today. And uh, we got the markets, as I mentioned, having a nice day, not too far from an all-time highs. So please keep that in mind. You know, last week I had this pullback and people freaked out. Now we're up one and a half percent in the S&P 500. Um, folks, don't let this stuff freak you out. Uh, from day to day, markets move from week to week, to month to month. We're gonna have bad weeks, we're gonna have bad months. But we have the markets right now sitting about 1% from all-time closing highs. That's good. These pullbacks we just had, there were so many good stocks pulling back, we put some money in them. Think long-term, think buying on pullbacks, buying when stocks are on sale. That's what we're here for. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week. 
Uh, if you're in the Northeast, uh, I'm a little jealous because the water was a little chilly today for my morning surf. But that being said, uh, it, was, it was wonderful. I'm not complaining. But, you know, enjoy that snow up there. I heard in my little hometown we got over two feet of snow. So uh, enjoy it. Get out there. As a kid, you know what I did? A little quick story. I would love these days because I would go from door to door knocking on it and say, hey, Mr. Miss, do you need your uh, sidewalk shovel? Sure, Sonny. Go ahead. Here's 10 bucks. Here's 15 bucks. We would walk away with so much money. As we get older, of course, 16, 17 years old, we we're doing that. That was beer money, but still, it was money. We were hustling. And, and, and this, if your kids are out there looking for some money, something to do today, send them out. Have them hustling. Not the beer part, but the hustling part. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week. Be safe, be happy, hug somebody, tell me you love them. Remember, we're here to have fun. We're making money, but we're having fun along the way. Thanks so much for the support. We'll see you Friday. I'm Matt McCall, and this has been your Money Line. Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.